Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the Real Estate Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Andre Chin, and today we've got Jana Frederick out of the KW Complete Hamilton Marketplace. Jana, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Having a good day so far. So, so Jana, tell everyone about sort of your real estate journey. How long have you been doing it? I know you've done a number of different things, everything from leading a team to being a solo agent. So I'd love to hear some of that um, experience. Yeah, so I have definitely a really unique path, I think, in this industry thus far. Um, so I, this is going on just about eight years now, which makes me feel a little bit old. Um, I'm struggling with the over 30 thing this year. But uh, yeah, so eight years or so. And then um, I started out working actually before I even got into the kind of uh, residential real estate world, world, I was working in commercial real estate and doing some uh, research and big pitch proposals and things like that and found that I really didn't love it and I was kind of being kind of squashed down in the role that I was in and that sort of thing so I ended up taking a couple months off to a travel around Europe and do the whole like backpacking thing which was amazing and then right before I left I actually got a call from a headhunter that was looking to recruit for um, a guy named Ryan McLean who at the time was looking for an admin so I literally like interviewed with him three days before jumping on the plane told him that I was leaving for a month and a half and then he called me back like the day I was actually supposed to take my flight and said can you come in and sign the contract I'm willing to wait so I was like oh okay I should have probably asked for more money at that point but I didn't <laughs> that's incredible yeah so I worked doing that for a couple years just as an admin and then um I in the meantime started to get my license I started to uh run with some buyers on in that avenue as a lot of people do um and then from there we grew a property management company that we had for a few years I think we were up around 100 doors by the time we kind of dissolved that and moved to KW and then the rest was history as far as uh, jumping into growing a team, managing a team, running the team, and then stepping out into this beautiful solo world as well. So Wow. Wow. And then, you know, thanks for sharing. I don't, you know, for as long as I've known you, I don't know that I even realized you started in the commercial space and, and I've heard that quite a bit. And, and, you know, for those listening, thinking, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go commercial and that's where you're going to start little bit of an old boys club and I remember when I was getting my license I was like you know do I want to go into that and, and I was having some of these conversations and it was like yeah you know you might make a hundred thousand dollars on one deal but you're gonna work that deal for like two years and I remember just thinking there's no way there's no way yeah it was definitely um it was definitely a learning experience for sure I like to say like now especially looking back it's uh you know, paid tuition in those circumstances. Um, it definitely was very much so an old, old boys club. It was kind of my first introduction into that part of the corporate ro world as well. Um, so I, again, it just, it wasn't the right space for, for me. So when, when you took the admin job, were you licensed at the time and, and thought, you know, I'm going to take a step back or what made you kind of go in that direction? 
So I actually took the admin role with the prerequisite that I was going to get my license. So what had happened when I was in the commercial sector is there was a crew of um, younger guys that were in the research de like department with me um, and they all were getting their license like through the company um, and they really didn't um, how can I say this politely? They effectively told me no, um, that I couldn't do it. So uh, that was one of the primary reasons I left. So when I did take this other role, the the kind of must was that I was going to get my license in the process. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and that's, you know, it's super interesting because when we talk about real estate, and so eight years in, you're in sort of the 5% the category of everyone who gets their license. Like, and, and you know, we, we haven't really talked about that much on the show, but the majority of real estate agents don't actually make it to year two, yet alone year five, yet alone eight or 10 or anywhere past there. And so what would you say kind of led you to this point of being in real estate as a career for this long? Um, so first of all, I just really genuinely love it. I think that the the opportunities that allows you to create not only for yourself, but your family, um, the people that you work with, your clients, everything like that. The, it's just, there's so much incredible, um, there's so many incredible ways to kind of impact the lives of people around you. So that for sure is one thing that's kind of pushed me further um, in this process. I think that a big thing, especially now, and to be honest with you, like in a little bit of a vulnerable moment, um, the last two years especially have been like a really big push for like mental strength and clarity on the reasons why you stay in this business. Um, I had a good successful year last year, and it was also a constant like slog to kind of keep your mindset strong and to kind of keep those uh, limiting beliefs at bay um, with not only everything going on in the world, but as we both know, this business can be very um, high on rejection. And so if that's something that doesn't necessarily go smoothly for you sometimes, um, or you don't handle it well, I can't say that I'm like that personality type that just like lets it roll off my, my back totally. Okay. Um, I tend to struggle with it a little bit more. So um, trying to kind of like reframe my mindset that's something that's been a huge project of mine in the last couple of years was just um, um I've been getting really big into like neurolinguistic programming and, and all that stuff and really kind of building my own tribe of people and I think that's something that's really important so you're heading you're heading into the mindset and the, the transformational coaching side of things um, mm -hmm. is, is the goal to sort of do that with realtors or is this just you know self-care and, and learning on your own so I think that in my like, like infantile phases of discovering this, I think I was like, yeah, I want to be a coach. Right. And, um, I think right now the coaching space in the world is like, there's coaches everywhere. Right. And I think that something that's always been really important to me, um, I've kind of always felt like I have that little bit of imposter syndrome. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, it's not that that's true or a valid point. It's just that i personally feel like I need to do it myself before I can effectively coach. It's like this, you know, see one, do one, teach one mentality. I like to, I like to feel like I know what I'm doing to then be able to help other people do it. So right now it's, I kind of stepped back from it a little bit and wanted to take myself through the, the journey on it. Um, knowing that I can feel 
in my heart that that's going to be something that will kind of lead lead me there eventually. Um, and to that point, I am always now telling myself it's okay to change your mind. So nothing's permanent in the world. And if, um, you know, a year from now something happens and I'm like, I'm not happy doing this, then it's totally okay to change your mind. Yeah, that's that's been a big part of the the sort of the last year, year and a half, I think, or so of, um, of, of different various movements in this climate sort of started happening right before COVID and, and then sort of stuck through COVID. But we're hearing a lot of that, right? Like, it's okay to pick a different stream. It's okay to choose a different path or to, um, you know, be mid-career and, and pick another career or even, you know, switch from residential to commercial or commercial to residential. Like, whatever it is that fuels you, find your passion and do that. And, you know, I'm really happy you brought that up because so many realtors, you know, and, and you've experienced this as well, where we have these conversations with them and they're miserable and I keep reminding them like our job is fun like we have a good time yes it's work and that's been like a, a you know unanimous thing that's come across the show is everyone wants the you know the HGTV thing where you come in and you know you just you're busy your phone rings you get a BMW it's like a constant joke we're having now but we have a lot of fun with what we do and if you're not enjoying it go do something else that's okay. right yeah you know, and, and I love your story for that as well, Jana, because you've, you've done so many different things within real estate that I don't know that most people are willing to try as many things as you have. And, and you know, you haven't bounced around because of financially, like you've always, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've always been financially secure through this process, but you've allowed yourself to kind of dabble in all these various fields. Yeah. So, and that's very accurate. I mean, I, I've kind of always thought of it like gone are the days of people, you know, coming out of school and getting a job and you stick with that same thing for your entire career, or at least I feel as though people should really spend time exploring those other avenues. Right. So um, I actually just did a call with um, our women in business group the other day and uh, our speaker, she's, she's incredible. Um, and she reiterated that point to me, you know, where it's like, if you're not happy and you're not enjoying something, um, life's too flipping short. Like go try other things. Like go, go, there's so many millions of things that you can do in the world. And um, sometimes, you know, whether it's like a career or a hobby or doing, you know, whatever it's going to be, you have to find those ways to like implement joy in your life. And so, um, yeah, to your point, like I've been, I've been lucky that I've been, kind of afforded opportunities to be able to try some of those things within the real estate space. But uh, for sure, that's not going to stop me going forward from continuing to try different things, right? So I think um, it's ever changing. It's always evolving. And there's so many, there's so many cool ways to do that right now. That's awesome. Now, it seems like every um, sort of Hamilton, St. Catherine, Dundas, Niagara Falls realtor we've had on the show so far is an investor. Do you fit that mold too? Are you a real estate investor like everyone else? So I think real estate investing is extremely important, um, especially in our, like, I think it's hard to be a realtor without wanting to invest or you like, and power to people that just want to, I know the people that just want to like take their money and put it into like cars and fun stuff. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that it's like, 
you do you boo like whatever is gonna <laughs> whatever is gonna float your boat I want like think people should be happy and do that kind of thing for me it's really important I think that um I'm a big stability person and um I also like freedom and I think those two things have come really like forefront to me in my learning about myself in the last couple years um which are kind of contradictory points at times so you know a lot of times when you think like freedom is just this like floaty concept of just going and doing whatever you want to do at any given time when for me like stability itself then creates that freedom so real estate investing for me long term is really important um <clears throat> i'm actually in the process right now i just sold my first investment property um to allow myself to start expanding to some bigger things and bigger projects um i'm kind of skipping a few steps. I don't want to necessarily jump into like the smaller one or two um, unit things. I want to dive right into buildings and kind of start growing a portfolio that way. So um, some people would be like, that's silly. That's crazy. And I'm like, okay, then I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just think for long-term wealth. And again, like we don't have retirement plans. We don't have that kind of stuff through a company. Um, so I think it's really important to or pace a little bit, not only to enjoy your life now, but I think about things like wanting to be able to take care of my parents, my family, you know, travel. And it's, it's fun. It's fun to kind of create, again, it's creating opportunities, right? Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, it amazes me. Uh, I, and I don't know the statistics and, and I'm going to probably make some, some up here. Um, 80% of realtors don't own their own home and 95% of statistics are made up anyway. So <laughs> not entirely sure the number, but there's a large, vast percentage of our, our workforce in, in real estate that don't own their own home. They don't own any property, they don't own any investments. And I think the more and more I hear that, it, it, it absolutely blows my mind, right? I mean, you're, you're selling a product that you don't, you don't invest in yourself. And I think all realtors should, should look at investments, but when it comes to your big goals, I think it was, it was my very first bolt. And I was, you know, I always tell this story, you know, I was sitting with Sandy and I know, you know, who Sandy is as well. And uh, he was talking about building this team and we were both sort of sharing this, this was about six years ago. And uh, we've now seen what Sandy's gone and done in the investment world and, and had this, this massive organization built behind him. But if, if your dreams, if someone's not laughing at your goals or your dreams, they're probably not big enough. And if they don't scare you, they're probably not big enough. So, you know, if you're getting told not to do it, for me, I don't know how you feel, but for me, that's like that little piece of, you know, salt on top, that little extra seasoning that makes me want to do it even more when someone says it can't be done. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think too, when other people are saying they can't be done or they're expressing concern, like my parents are really great at this sometimes. And it comes from a place of just like protection, especially the people that really care about you. Um, they don't want something negative to come as a result of it. But, uh, and that's, that's kind of, I just try to look at like the love that comes from that for sure. And at the same time, like you said, using it to say, okay, that's, I mean, as long as it's not something catastrophically stupid, like when my parents were mad at me because I was jumping out of an airplane, that's one thing. Um, <laughs> but when it's like, you know, and I mean, maybe if I'm putting like hundreds of thousands of dollars into something, as you know, when you get into some bigger projects, that can be intimidating as well, right? So I think um, it's taking with a grain of salt to that point. Um, and like you said, when 
like I try to look at the thing that because I'm a stability type person I try to look at the thing that like makes me want to feel like I'm or makes me feel like I'm going to throw up a little bit that's like a little bit too scary nerve-wracking and then going and like flirting with that risk a little bit more and kind of dating the risk a little bit more and then kind of seeing where that that goes. That's awesome. Well, and I mean, you know, you're right, like parents and, and friends, they got to try to protect us, right? And I used to always use this sort of with the, the first time home buyer and then the parents come. I'm sure you've had this happen, right? You're, you're doing this deal and it's great. And then mom and dad show up to the house and it just, they just completely railroad you um, and they bash the house and everything else. It's sort of the same thing, right? Like if, if you do this investment and, and mom and dad don't say, hey, be careful. And then the investment goes, goes belly up. They're going to feel as though they didn't do enough to protect you. Um, and we all go through that, right? I mean, for, for me very early in my career and, and mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, my mom said, go get a job. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? Like, why, why did you do this? Like, go get a job, like cut it out. Right. And um, I always kind of stuck with it and said, you know, I'm going to ride this out and, and see where it takes me. But I remember in my second year, which was my most difficult year in, in my 11 years and, and talking to my mom and she was like, you know, this person's hiring and we can get you in there right away. And are you sure you want to be a realtor? Like, are you ever going to be successful at this thing? And um, it really discouraged me at first. And then I, I, you know, like I said, I always let that stuff be my fuel and, and propel me forward, but that's, that's really cool. So I want to go back a little bit though, because you've mentioned sort of running teams and, and we've had sort of the the team solo agent showdown happened a few times where, you know, we get a solo on and they're like, oh, I'd never join a team. And, you know, people coming off of teams have, have said that. And then we've had the other side where it's, you know, people love being on teams and they want to be on more teams and, and that sort of stuff. Where do you stand in sort of the solo versus team world? Yeah. So uh, to be honest with you, I, I truly love both avenues for different reasons. Um, so I think that like anything, um, and again, something I've really been specific about listening to with myself in the last year, you have to genuinely like be in alignment with it, right? So if you're going to be on a team, it's because you believe so whole, wholeheartedly in the vision and the values of the team, and you see the, the value that is there like offered to you um and you're also willing to contribute and bring value in return to the team like it has to be a fully an alignment thing and I think where people have a hard time with um teams or when they step off of teams and they're like I'll never join a team again or they're so bad it's because they've not first of all the alignment wasn't there to begin with um and they didn't do their research maybe I'm a big like extreme ownership person so I like to put a lot of that back on the person <laughs> um you know I think that that's a big thing you have to do your research you have to make sure that you're fully compatible with everybody um and then uh on the flip side of that on the solo agent side it's it's no different like you have you have to really want the drive for yourself. There's a lot more like self-motivation involved. Um, it's definitely a lonely world being out as a solo agent sometimes. So you have to be a lot, I actually had a conversation with uh, Susan Corcoran the one day, cause I was saying that I was like, I, I do miss a lot of aspects of being on the team for like the community, like, you know, community is important to me, having the people, your tribe. Um, so I missed that from being on the team. And she had said to me, you know, if you're not in a space where you want to be on a team right now, then there's nothing stopping you from going out and creating your own tribe outside of that. Like 
create your own group of people that are other solo agents that, you know, want to get together every week and talk about their goals or who you can call a couple of times a day, different people to brainstorm things. Like you just need to be a little bit more purposeful, purposeful about creating that for yourself. So like that. And that's, I mean, that's simply put, I, I want to circle back because I, I, I heard extreme ownership and, 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 you know, we've talked about that before and, and what that means, but, you know, a lot of our listeners probably have no idea what we're even talking about. So, so give me sort of your Coles notes on, on what you believe through, through extreme ownership. Yeah. So extreme ownership for me just really comes down to the fact that I control and am responsible for everything in my world. Um, I, I really have a hard time with the victim mentality and we all catch ourselves going into that space all the time. It's so easy to slip into like the woe is me and you know, why is this happening to me? Um, I'm a big like Tony Robbins advocate as well. So the whole like life happens for you, not to you thing. Um, again, it comes down to just mindset and your perspective uh, with uh, the extreme ownership. It's it's effectively just that it's owning every single thing, every single decision. Um, I, you know, I had a conversation with somebody once where they said that a team member left and I said, well, what did you do? <laughs> they were like, what do you mean? What did I do? And I was like, well, what did you do to make them leave? And they were like, well, I don't think anything. And I said, but there's something because I mean, sometimes people just leave on their, you know, you, you really can't, can you can't control other people's behavior. But what I was trying to do with them was kind of like switch the conversation and be like, is there a room, is there a place where you can grow or improve or like add additional value or contribute something else or have a different conversation um, in order to kind of like take that ownership back, back to yourself um, to then impact or help other people better. And I love that you said that. I mean, I, I tried, um, and again, mom, I'm sorry if you're listening. So I, I, I tried doing this with my mom and, and I believe in it as well. And, and the example I always use is, um, you know, we get rear-ended, right? And I'm sure everyone at some point will, will have someone tap their car or back into them or something, right? It's just the nature of, of driving. And they always say, you know, that's that person's fault. They hit me, they drove into me, whatever it is. And I always say, well, what's your DNA in that, right? Like, what, what's your, how did you get there? And they go, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I was stopped and, and someone hit me. And I go, well, did you have to take that way home? Did you have to drive on that street? Did you have to, you know, be in that lane? Did you have to go that way? And, and they, it, you see them pause and you kind of see them go, huh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. And so even in, in, in tragedy or in casualty, you know, someone hits your car, you still put yourself there. And I think that's sort of the, the simple message of extreme ownership is, you know, you have to own your part of whatever's happening. Now, it might not be your fault. It might not be entirely it. Yeah, that person drove into you or they were playing on their phone or whatever that is. But you still put yourself in that position to be hit. And, and I think that's that's a really great point. It's something I, I read about two, almost three years ago now and, uh, and started implementing right away as well. It's like, you know, and if you do that, what I find is that victimhood goes away, right? The woe is me and oh my God, someone left or whatever it is, it just goes away. Well, you switch from like a problem mentality to a solution mentality, right? So um, I agree a hundred percent with what you, what you said. And I think that, and it, it also comes down to your reaction about a situation, right? Like you can't, you can't always control 
you know, every little decision, well, you control the decisions that you make, but, you know, like you said, if you're driving down the street, like if that was the same way you go every day, your chances of being in that location are pretty, pretty high. Um, but you can control your reaction to stuff, you know, like even something so small as every ending example, you know, if you're leaving enough room in front of you so that if you see that somebody's not slowing down, you can move up a little bit. It's all that like defensive driving stuff. There's always these little things, right? And I think that's, um, that's part of it. And to your point about, you said um, it's not your fault and things like that. There's a really good video, um, fault versus responsibility. Um, Will Smith, I think does it. And it's really interesting because it's, you know, things might not be your fault, but they could be your responsibility. So. Um, and there is a difference, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And and that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Like we, we haven't dug in, you know, as much into the mindset side of stuff. And I know you're going through, through NLP. And so for anyone listening, NLP means neuro-linguistic programming and it's, you know, study of the mind and, and that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of agents that are doing this now, um, whether to do coaching or to not. So, so kudos to you for doing that. That's, that's really cool. I want to kind of dig into the team side now, because you are coming off of um, leading, well, you've led two really incredible organizations at, at some incredibly productive levels through, through your time and been responsible for coaching and leading a lot of those agents. And I want to hear about that experience for you because, you know, we hear so much about agents and, you know, the ego of agents and um, the productivity, the more they make, the more they want. And, and you've tackled all of this stuff. And, and uh, you know, what's that world like for you? Uh, it's fun. It's, uh, it's definitely got a lot of, um, uh, upper, like growth, growth potential opportunities personally. Um, I think that I learned so much about myself in that process, to be honest with you. Um, I, I loved every part of every experience that I had with, with both of those teams. Um, they're the people are just absolutely incredible and I I was given a lot of um I was given in both in both circumstances was really kind of in a position where um I was kind of given something and then really had to spool it up fairly quickly um in my first environment that was because there was a lot of team dynamic shifts that happened very quickly the the team lead needed to step out of the role um we had agents that were all brand spanking new and and trying to get those people into production and everything uh it especially when you're considering not only just like to me it was never just like a number on the board of how many deals we were doing it's like they need to pay their mortgages they have like families we have to you know it's not just about the gci goal at the end of the day and i think that that was something um that i started to really learn about with my first team um was people's kind of their why for why they're doing it, <clears throat> trying to implement that into their business. And then the second group that I worked with, the biggest thing I took away from that with them was that um, we have in this industry, this idea that it's like, if you're on a team, for example, you as a team agent have to have the same goal as the main agent, let's say. Right. And that's not necessarily true. Like everybody is an individual and everybody has different goals and where things start to go awry is when you start to push someone else's goals on to the other people and where someone could be like I just want to do 24 deals a year take a couple months off and I'm good with that 
Like they're totally fine. Whereas somebody else is like, no, I want to sell 50 houses. I want to make, you know, X number of money. I want to work every day. I don't care. Like, I don't care about overworking. I just want to like, like drive. And that's awesome too. But you really have to meet people where they're at and like coach them where they're at to those goals. Right. So I think that's, that's kind of something that's really important, I think, when it, when we're talking about teams and specifics these days. That's interesting. And, and you know, I mean, I, I, I like that you said that and, and talked about, you know, the person's goals. I think as a rule of thumb, you know, taking the time off and doing all that stuff. I, I like to call it, you know, have a, have a minimum standard. Right. So here's, you know, if you're the team owner or whatever, you're leading the team, like here's here's the minimum I'm willing to accept. And then is that in alignment with with what the other person wants to do? Right. So if your minimum standard is higher than they want to do, they're probably not a good fit for the team just out of the game. Yeah. And just being clear about those expectations up front, like being clear and then withholding the standard. And it's so hard because as like a team lead, you, you care about the people and you like them. Right. So if they don't hit something, um, not only is it really easy to like let the standard slip, um, but you have to get really intentional about having the conversation with them as to why. So is it that they just really aren't interested in hitting that goal? Maybe that goal is not that important to them. Like, and that's okay, but just having that conversation. And sometimes it's a really tough conversation to get people to admit that what they're, you know, what they've been saying they want for so long is actually not what they want. That's really, that's hard. That's a hard thing for people to acknowledge, right? I've done it. I've had those conversations where I've been like, shoot, you know what? I really, you're right. I don't want this thing right now. <laughs> and yeah. just okay with it, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, I think that's the ego, right? That's the ego portion of it that shows up and um, the two, the two biggest fears in the world are looking good and being right. So if you said it and then now you're reneging on it, I think people just get embarrassed and maybe they don't feel like it's a safe space to, to be able to, to have that communication. Now you're managing and leading sort of both sides, right? Cause you're, you're sort of the intermediary with both these organizations where you're dealing with the team leader who's, who's usually massively successful um, and that comes with its challenges and then you've got these these massively successful team members is it the same dynamic or are you you managing them a little bit differently um so i think there's definitely similarities in handling those i guess if we're talking about personality types yes they're very similar um i think when we look at like disc profiling, for example, some of those really high producing people can be really high D like driver personalities. Um, I would say that like by nature, that was not my, my strong suit initially. Um, but it's funny because a lot of people who like meet me will be like, oh, I totally thought that you were a higher D personality. And it's I'm like, well, tricked yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, I think you have to, um, somebody, it is challenging. I will say the challenge in that opportunity comes from managing the um, Rainmaker team leaders expectations with the team's performance and kind of being that exactly like you said, that mediator buffer zone between them. Because sometimes I find the person who is at that top level, especially if they're not in production or um you know, their brains work in a completely different way where it's just like super results driven, like go, go, go. Um, 
and not to say that they're not like like empathetic or caring people because they are um but their focus is so big that and they're they have so many moving parts sometimes um that when they're there there's people that their job they just want to like show up sell a house every day um it's kind of balancing those two expectations that can can be fun for sure yeah no doubt and and so what do you you know we always kind of kind of somehow get here throughout the show but when you're talking to a brand new agent what are you advising them like how are you saying you know zero to 100 or zero to 20 or whatever their number is that, that you're going to help them get to i know you start with sort of the purpose and the why but but how are you getting them because I've, I've seen it happen and um you know i've seen you help agents go from zero to 30 plus units um on a team and and help solo as well so what are you coaching them to what's the advice so, um, okay, I'll give you kind of two, two things. The first is really just focusing on basics and their activities, scripting, conversion, things like that. Because when it comes down to it, like we have to do certain things to do our job. It's just like, we have jobs to do within our job. That's just part and parcel to it. So, um, that's one thing I think, and I'm, I've been kind of like doing a lot of personal thinking on this lately, but for me, um really genuinely caring about them and everything that they're doing they're caring about them in their world um when when you're on a team environment knowing that there's somebody there that's holding you accountable and who actually gives a shit about what you're doing every day can be very powerful and make that person want to show up if you show up for them they're more, much more likely to show up for you so, um, and that's hard sometimes because like leadership can be lonely in that, in that way, because you, you do pour into people a lot and sometimes it can feel very, very frustrating or if, you know, again, this comes from some of my own like limiting beliefs, like, oh, they don't like me or the stuff that I'm doing is not like helping them or whatever. Um, that, that's a big challenge, but, um, I think when you can come from that place of care and contribution and just like pouring into them and, and actually meaning that, um, quite honestly, like that goes a long way. Like everybody in the world just wants to be heard and cared about, right? So um, yes, you coach to the activities. Yes, you, you know, keep an eye on that kind of thing. Um, but removing some of the roadblocks for their limiting beliefs and, and caring about them is a big thing for sure. That's awesome. I think uh, I heard a lot of that. Um, I'm not sure if you've read it yet, but I heard a lot of that out of uh, Simon Sinek, um, Leaders Eat Last, um, when he wrote that book. He, he spoke about that, right? Like being being involved and creating a safe space for your people and, and all that stuff. So kudos to you. So we're, we're on the verge of wrapping up and I, I want to make sure that we get there. But is is there a mic drop moment or is there something that, you know, anyone listening has to hear from from Jana before we end today? <laughs> um, so I guess like two little things. Uh, one that I would say that's just, again, become so abundantly clear to me lately is really focusing on what is in alignment with yourself. So taking a good look at your goals, um, getting really quiet and, and getting that clarity. Um, that's something that I think everybody, especially in the world right now, really needs to focus on and, and do. Um, I also think that, you know, when it comes to, we talked a little bit about like personal development and mindset. Um, when it comes to that, I think we 
I heard this great quote where it was like, we have the privilege and responsibility to give back in life by becoming more. And I think that if we can all just take those little small daily, um, make those small little daily pursuits um, and little developments, um, trusting yourself and like keeping those promises and commitments to yourself, um, that's how you're going to start bringing more like abundance and joy into your life and, and everything moving forward. So that's awesome. Those are, those are really incredible. And, and, um, I forget, well, I don't forget. It was, uh, it was Chris, who said it to me, right? Like you're, you're meant for more. And I think if you have that ability and, and you want that, and that's part of, you know, your why or your purpose, um, to, to really invest in yourself and to, to make sure that you go chase that and, and to do more like this career of ours has so many avenues. Like, I, I don't know that there's just one path that, you know, there's probably over a over hundred paths that you can choose um, in order to be successful. And, and you're the epitome of that, someone who's not afraid to, to take those chances and to, to pivot quickly and to say, no, I don't want that. So, so kudos to you and, and thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think, um, you know, people, uh, I don't know, you're, you're, where was I actually didn't even just go with that? I don't even know my mind. I was just so from listening to what you just said there. Um, and that means means a lot. I think, you know, we sometimes I get my own mic drop moments <laughs> and it just completely yeah. railroads everyone. Yeah. I guess I, that's where I was gonna go. I was just gonna say I think we forget sometimes that if we think of something, we can like it's meant for us, like it's there, it's something that's possible. Our brain won't give us things that we we can't do right so um keeping that in mind and like you said with what chris said like we're meant for more we all we all can can just keep pushing right so no, i love that so if someone's looking to connect with you to, to maybe find out more about your story or to you know maybe they've got a tough decision they want to make and they want to they want to bounce that idea off you what's the best place for our listeners to connect with you is that on social media or email yeah so uh instagram is pretty easy so jana frederick dot realtor is my instagram um email is jana frederick uh, at kw.com so either of those is great um and yeah that's I'm awesome sorry. and and any sneak previews into into what's next we always want to have our guests back you know within a year or at the end of the year to kind of hear again you know did, did you go and accomplish all those big goals so is there any anything major coming up outside of buying a massive apartment building <laughs> i didn't say massive but it's on the list <laughs> um yeah so um i Right now, a big, big project or passion project that I'm working on is the Women in Business event. Um, we're running them monthly right now. Right now, they're on Zoom, and I think everybody, you know, we all have a bit of Zoom fatigue in our world. I can't wait to get back into doing these in person. Uh, it's going to be awesome when we can. So that's something that I'm a gap that I'm really focused on filling um, within the city here in Hamilton, uh, just creating a great space for female entrepreneurs to come and discuss, you know, business growth and mindset and, and all of the things that come along with that. So um, yeah, that's the big that's thing. Awesome. Is, is that on Instagram anywhere or how, yeah. you know, for yeah. powerful ladies that are listening, how do they find out about that? Yeah, so that account, um, I'm just going to make sure we didn't short form it, but it's uh, womeninbusiness.hamilton on Instagram. Um, we're going to be putting the recordings of what we talk about each month onto YouTube and um, subsequently like a podcast where they can be listened to. So you can go back and kind of rehear some of the stuff that was discussed. Um, yeah. 
That's incredible. Well, Jana, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Again, guys, this is the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're also online at the Real Estate Hustle Podcast.com. And my name is Andre Chin. So, Jana, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to, to kind of learn a bit. And we look forward to connecting with you again when you're back on the show next time. Amazing. Thank you so much.